Hello, this is Ben Ashmade and welcome to the King's Place podcast. On this edition, I speak to pianist Iro Rantala, one of Finland's greatest contemporary musicians, who makes a rare trip to London on the 2nd of November. Enough from me, let's hear from the man and his music. He joins me on the phone. Are you looking forward to the concert in November? Yes, I am. It's about time to play more there. I've been playing in Germany, Switzerland, Austria for 15 years. So it's, it's always great to come to the new territory. European jazz musicians, we have to work one country at the time. It, it's not like American player who's in the front cover of Downbeat magazine and then you just come and have a big tour in Europe. Uh, if you are a European, you have to work your way up, you know, in each country. We don't have the following uh, like the uh, American stuff. So I, I, I'm a little bit envy about that. But uh, <laughs> again, I'm very happy about my situation. I, I have lots of work and uh, it's, it's, a, it's a very good thing. Performing live is obviously something that you enjoy. Is it nice to win over a new audience? It is. It is. The live concerts has always been the, the most enjoyable part of my work. I, I really love playing live. Recording is something necessary I have to do. <laughs> but, uh, but the live concert has always been the beef of my, my work. And I, I really love to do it. And I particularly love playing my own music. I don't have to be in somebody else's band, you know, playing his or hers. I just love it. Started uh, when I was 18 years old, uh, touring already. Then, yeah, we had some good shows and and some bad shows. But we also did some crazy things, like doing a five-week tour in Australia with this um, crazy manager in Melbourne, who was really, really excited about going these small villages that we couldn't even find from the map. <laughs> so. It has been quite well received uh, from the beginning. Um, uh, there's, a, there's a moment, there has been a moment of surprise because Finland and jazz, that's not a combination that is well known. I mean, many people know that Sweden and jazz, that, that's a match. But, but Finland and jazz music is quite unusual. So uh, we have been the first Finnish band or Finnish musicians in several places all around the world and that has been great. Why do you think that is? Why do you think people find it a bit unusual that someone from Finland loves jazz music and performs? Uh, there hasn't been touring Finnish jazz bands uh, almost at all. I mean, I could name the musicians. In the 60s and 70s, there was a saxophone player, Eero, 
Koivistoinen. He played a little bit around Europe. And then there was a drummer in the 70s called Edward Vesala, who unfortunately died um, in, the, in the 90s. So he toured a little bit. And, and when we started in the 90s, we were basically the first internationally touring Finnish jazz group with the Trio Tokat. So that's why. I mean, and in Sweden, they already in the in the 50s and 60s, they have Jan Johansson and Lars Gullin and, of course, Niels Henning Öster-Peterson in Denmark and, and so many people. And um, and the key chariot, the European quartet uh, with the Norwegian and Swedish players, that is the reason. And 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 Finland is considered to be a classical country, technology country, and uh, and a country for uh, drunken ski jumpers and, <laughs> and race drivers. So jazz is not uh, part of that. something like the last five years that you've started to play solo more and move away from the trio yeah i was very very lucky to get into the act record company i mean that was a really a kick a kick for my my career because i i've been with the big record companies first uh, 15 years with universal and then uh, seven years with emi if you are a jazz artist from a small country inside of a, a big record label like Universal or EMI, you can you can be 100% sure that there is absolutely no support <laughs> from the record company, and that that was exactly what happened. They did nothing for us. They they didn't even send the new album out or anything. So. 2009, I I approached Act Music. I, I got the number from uh, Espion Svensson just before he he died. And uh, uh, for the last three four years, I have really felt how does it feel when you actually get support from your record company? And uh, I can say it really feels good. So uh, it's it's going very well now and. Uh, I'm very happy about it, but I, I had to wait for many, many years. <laughs> so it feels extra good. How does that relationship work? I mean, when you have a new album out, they are absolutely fantastic in getting the the press interested. They they work for four to five months, and, and they, they put up a, a press release tour can you imagine for for two or three days you only you only do interviews in germany switzerland austria that kind of thing it must be hard to spend a few days talking about a new record or, or even talking about your music i always have a lot of humor in my music and you know starting from the titles of the tunes they're usually very funny but when i did the lost heroes solo album which has been the most successful one. That that was dedicated music for dead people, uh, like Espion Svensson and you know uh, people that have passed away. So uh, joking wasn't really really a good thing uh, in in that contest. So 
actually, I I learned a lesson how to speak about my music uh, without you know humoring it all the time, and uh, it was actually very nice. Uh, of course, I'm not giving interviews all the time, so it's not like you know Justin Bieber sitting in a hotel suite, you know, <laughs> and and every 20 minutes there's a journalist. I'm interested to know what your influences are. Well, I always mention one because he's a perfect example of what I'm trying to do, Leonard Bernstein. He was, I really look up to him, what he did, because it's not just being a musician and doing great music, but Leonard Bernstein, he wanted to kind of get the, the general audience more excited about music. And he did a fantastic job. He had the a TV series in in ABC or NBC, I can't remember. So he was teaching the American audience in the 50s and 60s. And so this is a sonata, this is a, a symphony, this is a violin, this is a flute. That, that was absolutely fantastic, I think. So he was... He was always trying to connect with people and get people to love music. And I I realized, I, I think the same way. I, I think jazz is unusual and it's a it's little bit hard to listen, but I always try to, I always try to make people connect with the music. I in, in the live concerts, I explain about the tune, I, uh, the background, the influence, and uh, sometimes I do stuff like I, I raise my hand when I start improvising because the improvising part is in the middle of the tune. So I raise my hand for the audience and I tell that before the tune so, so they can follow it more easily. And people uh, generally, they, they like these gestures. That's what I like to do. I mean, the, the, the dilemma in jazz music is that I think that it, it is actually the, the highest form of music because when you are in a jazz concert, you can hear a piano solo, an improvised uh, solo, that somebody plays stuff that is it's so complicated that even some classical players can't play it even if it's written in front of them. That is the greatest thing in music. Somebody can compose something on stage that is absolutely amazing. Iro Rantala plays Hall 2 as part of The Finish Line, produced by the London International Festival of Exploratory Music on the 2nd of November. Other artists performing include Vartina, Maria Kalala Nemi, Timo Alakatila and Jimmy Tenor, amongst others. I'm Ben Eshmaid and you've been listening to a King's Place podcast. For more details about any of these events, please visit kingsplace.co.uk. Tickets for all events start from just £9.50 online. Thanks for listening. <laughs>